live from Chicago IL. This is the Bears and Beers podcast where we talk Chicago Bears and Beers. Today we preview the Carolina Panthers Chicago Bears game kickoff here today at noon in Charlotte. Chicago Bears 4 and 1, Carolina Panthers 3 and 2 after winning 3 games in a row. Joining me Walker is Flipka and CZ. Morning boys, football Sunday. What's up everybody? Morning Walker. And CZ. <laughs> Seems like Flipka might have just rolled out of bed. <laughs> Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. <laughs> too many beers last night. <laughs> it's, There's never too many beers. That's part of our title. You got to live up to it. <laughs> There's never too many beers. So what kind of beers did you enjoy last night? Were you a stout guy? You know, being in the fall here at Oktoberfest, IPAs, or did you have them all? Uh, you just mentioned three, and I had all three of those. Any, um, any non-alcoholic beverages involved or no? No, there were oh, not. Good, good. There good. were not. So, you know how that crafty hangover. You didn't slip in a glass of water. <laughs> no, no glasses of water. Pure heaven. That a boy. That a boy. Well, good. Well, we'll we'll get your uh, B game here today. No, no worries. Probably so, um, all right. So today we got <laughs> C minus. Good, good. Well. All right, so we got the uh, Bears and, and Panthers. Kind of surprising records, I guess, for both teams. You know, the uh, Bears are four and one, Carolina three and two. Um, so it's going to be kind of a, it's it's a great opportunity for the Bears to get the five and one today, which I think that they will. Um, you know, we, we do have to contend with with uh, you know Bridgewater playing extremely efficient, potentially the Mike Davis uh, revenge game. And, you know, not having uh, James Daniels today and also not having our old line coach, Castillo, who's in quarantine. A couple of things that I, I pointed out at CZ and I t- texted What are you guys looking at today uh, for some keys to today's matchup? Well, I'm what I'm looking for is to see if the Bears defense can you – know, we keep talking about the, the offense playing four quarters. I want to see the Bears defense – play four strong quarters as well. You know, our tackling has been somewhat suspect throughout the season. Um, you know, we've made big plays at times. Um, obviously, on Thursday night against Tampa Bay, the defense, you know, played pretty damn well. But there's been numerous times when our tackling has been suspect. Um, we've let teams stay on the field on third down. Um, you know, Bridgewater is not going to beat you going throwing 50-yard bombs down the field. He's going to beat you by picking you apart. Um, short passes, mid-range passes, and I think we need to um, do a good job of making tackles. And I talked to you about this yesterday, Walker, um, that, I, that the Panthers are like top five in the league in yards after contact by both their running backs and receivers. Um, you know, so obviously they have some guys that are tough once they have the ball in their hands. Um, and, you know, and if we're not tackling great, they're going to turn a five, six, seven-yard either run or completion into a 15- or 20-yard completion. So I think our tackling needs to be um, – way better uh you know we need to um you know just rally to the ball make sure that we're making plays uh, get after bridgewater a little bit um and then offensively i want to see what you know what we look like in in game three you know full game of nick Foles in this offense you know what what is it going to look like is Nagy gonna you know turn the keys over and let Foles have more control or is he still going to try to micromanage everything um, so those are two things that i'm looking for Hey, Flipka, I got a question for you. That Foles-Nagy um, conversation, argument, whatever you call it, was that was that negative or was that a productive I conversation? I believe it was a productive mind? conversation. Um, 
it's something that Matt Nagy hasn't seen before since his since he's arrived in Chicago, and I think it was an eye opener for him. Um, you know, he's he's had to micromanage this offense under Mitchell Trubisky, and you know, I think I think by Nick Foles doing this, it's kind of kind of jarred something loose in Nagy, and he's going to take a step back maybe and and. Um, in those situations towards the end of the first half or maybe the end of <clears throat> of the game when you start getting into the crunch time, you might see him turn a little bit of that control over to Nick Foles to see how that goes. And, and then we'll see the trust kind of develop from that point. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it looked like, you know, it looked like during that conversation that, you know, Foles wanted to, to have a little bit more up-tempo. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see if Nagy will, will – um, use this as a constructive, you know, kind of criticism and really get himself going. You know, the uh, Panthers have allowed they're, they're the 25th in the NFL against the run. You know, the Bears started off the first three games of the season, pretty good running uh, attacks. Last two weeks have been putrid. You know, right now they're only averaging 95 yards per game. Flipka, what are your thoughts on Montgomery today? Is he going to get going or is it going to be more of what we've uh, seen? Well, the last I think two early weeks? on you're going to see a heavy dose of, of Monty, um, like you said, the the rush defense for Carolina, when you look at it on paper, it looks like a spot that you should be able to attack. But the flip side of that is, you know, the the Bears rushing offense hasn't really been as as productive as we'd like it to be. Um, so it's going to be a battle of battle of wills there to see how it goes. So I hope, I really hope the Bears can establish something in up front and and stick with it as long as they can. And um, if if they if they're able to do that, I think uh, I think the game should should be won by the beloved. Yeah, especially no James Daniels either on the old line. You know, um, bars and and uh, Leno on the left side. It's gonna be it's gonna be quite interesting. Cz, what do you what do you think about uh, the Bears' rush offense? Are they gonna get finally off the Schneid this week, or well, uh, what, do, what do you think that... about the offense? You know, when you have – if it's Bars that's replacing James Daniels uh, and you got Leno who's been a little bit uh, suspect so far this year on the left side next to each other, um, you know, as I, – I would hope that we do try to get the, the, the running game going because I think that's going to take some pressure off of them in, in the, their pass drops. Obviously, I, I believe as an offensive lineman, you're a little bit more adept to be – you know, to fire out and, and start run blocking and things like that. And you are to like start dropping back 50 times a game. Um, so I would like to see Montgomery get a lot of touches early on or Cordell Patterson, or um, I'm not sure if Lamar Miller is going to be active or not, um, but they, they have to establish it. And that might mean the first five, six carries, you, you only get three yards a pop, um, but they got to be able to, to stick with that. Um, and, you know, hopefully Montgomery gets a chance to, break a couple. Um, you know, I know everyone talks about how his ability to break tackles, but he's yet to really prove that once he breaks those tackles, he can extend that run from a five-yard run to a 25-yard run. Um, but that being said, it's also hard when he, his first initial contact that he's facing is in the backfield. So um, to answer your question, I, I think the Bears can get the run game going against this Panthers uh, suspect run defense. Um, but, you know, we've thought that plenty of times before and it hasn't panned out that way. Yeah, there's not much that stands out on the Carolina defense. You know, Brian Burns on the edge. He's probably the best defensive player. But this is definitely a defense that can be had. 
it's interesting about the running attack. I know, CZ, you're a big Patterson fan. Personally, I, I wish that Patterson would just stay as a kick returner and not show his face on offense because it looks like a little gadget guy that uh, – or a big gadget guy, I should say, that Nagy decides to put in there. And well, it doesn't ever seem to really pan the, I think out. the one thing is if you look at when he was with the Patriots, Belichick used him perfectly. There were a couple of games when he had like 15, 17 carries and he had 100 and some yards rushing. Um, I, I do agree with you. I think Nagy doesn't use him the right way. Um, I think you gotta you you have to. He's got the ability, right? He runs a four three forty. Like as a as a big guy, you gotta find ways to get in the ball. And that's again goes back to the Patriots' way um, of how to utilize guys properly. You know, they found ways to use him, and they found that, ways to use him, and he there. was a successful part to, to that team. And I yeah. think Nagy is. I don't know if he's reluctant to give him more carries or to swing the the ball to him on, on uh, you know swing routes, but you know he had all these ideas for for um cohen when he was in there and i think you could use patterson in that same way and be even more effective because he's obviously a larger body but i i i listen i am a patterson guy i think he's got the ability to break plays um but i do agree with you like the way that Nagy uses them i'm not sure that is the best fit for him yeah yeah see at belichick obviously and belichick you know the goat you know and uh Nagy, falls in love with his with his, with his play play sheet and he puts out a you know some kind of sweep or whatever it may be but I think if if he gave him actually committed to him more you know flip I don't know if, if they bears actually committed to Patterson do you think he could be more effective than what they're showing? Uh, I don't know I mean I really Zach or CZ mentioned Lamar Miller a couple minutes ago I think that's a guy that we're gonna see here within the next week or two um you know, it was kind of a sneaky signing to their practice squad. He had an ACL a year ago. Word is that he's he's really coming around. He's the guy that that can do the things that that Cohen did. Um, you know, pretty. He's a, he's a bigger guy, obviously, but he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's one of those players that's you know kind of multi-dimensional. Um, <clears throat> I think it said a lot when Le'Veon Bell became available that. The Bears, I don't know if they actually made a push for him, but the fact that he signed with the Chiefs for these, I think it was less than a million dollars and some incentives on top of that, you know, makes me think the Bears are closer to bringing Lamar Miller up to their active roster um, than maybe they want to lead on. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. And it's interesting, looking at the running backs, you look at the other side of the – uh, you know the uh, you know the Carolina Par- yeah, Panthers had. here, and what the Bears had. You know we had we had Mike Davis, and you would draft Montgomery. Didn't give. You know, I think we, Davis had six games with the Bears, and we cut him. And now you see what Davis is doing in the in the CMC role. And um, I you know I, I, maybe we put too many eggs in the, in the Montgomery basket. Mike Davis, uh, CZ to talk about our tackling skills. Has I think 180 yards after the after the uh, first contact of his total 230 yards. So you know Mike Davis has, has definitely been a revelation. Well, it's for the funny, right? Because so when, when we signed Mike Davis as a free agent from Seattle, correct? Uh, yep. We you know the, the, the talk yep. from all of our coaches and and pace were we got this great running back. You know we're going to be able to utilize him to be great for us. And <laughs> while he was with the Bears, he was either inactive or I think he had. The most carries he had in a single game was two carries. Like, 
so it kind of goes back to the whole like Nagy using guys. Like you have this yeah. big free agent signing, and I'm not saying big as far as like he's a, a blockbuster deal, but for the Bears, he was a big signing for them. And then you either keep him inactive or you don't utilize him at all. So again, it goes back to the mind boggling way to, that we do things. It's you sign this guy, you're paying him money, but yet you're keeping him inactive and you're not giving him the ball when he is active. So it, that leads to either two things. One, you don't know how to evaluate talent that you need on your roster or two, as a play caller, you're just so inept that you can't figure out ways to get the ball to a guy that, that you signed. Yeah, no, agreed. Agreed. Uh, defensively, it was an interesting stat I, re- I read yesterday about our two starting corners, uh, Fuller and Jalen Johnson. So far this year, uh, Fuller has been the fourth most targeted DB, and he has the best QBR against at 57.2. And Jalen Johnson is the second most targeted corner, and he has the fifth best QBR at 76.2. And I believe they've only allowed four touching passes touchdown passes this year. So, you know, our corners are playing outstanding. You know, our rush defense is what's been uh, most um, susceptible so far this year. What do you guys think about our uh, coverage today? I mean, like we talked about, Bridgewater will take what, what they'll give them. But I, I don't see, you know, they have Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, but I don't see the Bears get beat much today on, um, no, and, on the outside. No, and Teddy's, Teddy's a guy that likes to get rid of the ball quickly. So a lot of times, you know, your defensive front, sort of gives up on that pass rush. They're taking two, three steps, and the ball's out, and they, they sort of give up on it. Um, our defensive backs are going to have to really lock down within the first five or ten yards from the line of scrimmage. Um, and those two guys that you mentioned, they've really been they, – they've both been locked down corners. So I, I like our matchup on the outside. Yeah, I think – Listen, Robbie Anderson, uh, you know, came over from the Jets, and he's having a great year for the Panthers. He's um, been able to beat some guys over the top. He's catching intermediate passes. He's been looking great. But our two DBs have been outstanding. Now, listen, Jalen Johnson's still a young rookie, so there's been times this year when he's, you know, gotten beat. The passes haven't been completed, um, but he's gotten beat. So, I mean, um, as a young guy and any quarterback, even a a veteran quarterback, they're going to get beat here or there, but Overall, these two guys have been playing – Fuller and Johnson have been playing fantastic football. Um, so I, I, I do like our abilities to lock down those guys. What concerns me is that when you start looking for those those third and fourth options that Carolina has, whether they're, those guys are great options or not, but that that's when you start worrying about your linebackers covering guys in space and things like that. And that's some of the times that we've been susceptible, um, you know, to giving up those third down conversions and things like that. Yep. All right, so fellas, so today's line, Carolina is favored by one. Over over under is forty four and a half. Flipka, any final key okay, players to so the I game? Got and who today do you got today? The Mike Davis revenge game. Can the Bears stave off the rushing attack of Mike Davis? Interestingly enough, the Bears received a compensatory pick last year for letting Mike Davis go. That was the hundred and fortieth overall pick which was then flipped by the Bears to acquire Nick Foles. So, (laughs) you got Nick Foles versus Ah. Mike Davis here, and I'm going with Nick Foles and the Bears (laughs) to win by three points, 20 to 17. And you said said you're going to have a C rating today after being out on my drinking craft beers. That's that's the analysis analysis you get here, boys. (laughs) All right, CZ. 
Uh, I will also take the Bears. Um, I would love to say that this game is going to go over, um, but I'm still a little, uh, I'm still lacking a little confidence in our offensive ability. Um, not the guys that are on the offense so much, but the fact that we can put it all together. Um, and it's funny, Flipka said 20 to 17, and that's actually the score that I had um, in my head as well for the Bears, a 2017 victory. And and for me, um, that I have two two guys that I'm looking at. And I'm looking at Foles, and I'm looking at whoever the hell is playing left guard for us, whether that's Bars or whoever else they're bringing in. Because when you have yeah. Jay uh, Leno, when you have Charles Leno next to you, um, we need to have somebody that can that play that left guard position. Because um, so that's who I'm looking at as my key players. I, I'm, a, I'm a little concerned that our left side of the line might be getting annihilated at some point this this afternoon. Yeah, CZ right there with you. I think the Blackhawks have actually <laughs> fitted uh, Leno for some for some ice skates, you know. And him against Brian Burns today, that's going to be a tough matchup. So I'm watching the left side of the left side of the line. Uh, defensively, I'm looking for Robert Quinn to step up today. You know, Mac has been uh, has been gr- getting great pressure. Came through with a couple, you know, with some sacks last week. We need Quinn to step up today as well. Um, the Bears have averaged 21 points a game. And they've allowed 20 points a game. And it kind of seems like a perfect score today. So I'm taking the Bears 21, Carolina 20. The Bears going 5-1. and one. Uh, So today we will be back at, uh, at for our post-game show. Today's Brewery of the Week is going to be featured here. CZ is going to take us through our uh, Brewery so of the I Week. Who do you got today, CZ, brewery, for our brewery? Which is a, a nice brew pub out in Bourbon A, Illinois. And there's your also a tie-in to the Bears. Um, obviously, as the Bears had their training camps um, out in Bourbon A for uh, many, many years. Um, so, yeah, formerly Bourbon A. Formerly um, Bourbon so A. It's a, it's a great brew pub in Bourbon A. They, they yep. have a ton of great beers. They have great food there. Um, a couple of my favorite beers that they have, um, one of which I actually just picked up at the liquor store uh, two nights ago, is uh, their Permanent Vacation, which is a Citra IPA. Uh, very smooth drinking. And then I love their Haze Juice, which is um, – obviously a hazy IPA as well. Um, they have, you know, four of their year-round main beers they always have there, and then they also have a rotating series. Um, the food is great, and so for the way we found out about it is um, my wife, son, and I, every year uh, around Thanksgiving time, we drive out to Bourbon A to a Christmas tree farm to cut down our own Christmas tree. Um, so it's become a tradition that every year after we cut down our Christmas tree, uh, you know, the Christmas tree is tied to the top of the, the car, and we... Uh, then stop at Brickstone uh, to have some lunch, um, have a couple beverages. They do have a full uh, bar in there, two of beer is not your thing. Um, they have non-alcoholic beverages for the kids. Um, so we have some food, and then we uh, you know, make our trek home with our tree. And then another tie-in, like I said, about Bourbonnet, <laughs> about Bourbonnet is that uh, um, you know Flipka and his boys actually joined uh, – Myself and my son out there, we all went to uh, – and Walker, you were there. No, well, you, you might have been at that one. No, you were there. Maybe it was Turco and uh, his son. Was... Um, but we drove out there to see the Bears at training yeah. camp. And um, after training camp, uh, my son and I and then Flipka and his two boys uh, stopped at Brickstone. And we're having some lunch, and it's a funny story. We're having lunch, and Flipka and I each have one beer because it's obviously a long ride home. Um, and at one point, uh, Flipka's son looks at me and goes, you're going to be drunk, Dad. After one beer, <laughs> and uh, 
So it was funny, uh, but it's a great place, great brewery. Um, if you're ever out of that area, I definitely would recommend trying it out. Um, and like I said, you can pick up their their beverages at any uh, you know local liquor store as well. So it's a good place. Yeah, no, a great spot, and and I've been there as well. And you know, you know, the Bears pricing out there it used to be a place to go and drown some sorrows after watching the Bears. Uh, training camp to see how bad they're going to be but uh yeah great great spot great spot there too and so this week's feature brewery brickstone in bourbon a today our beer story takes us back to the former bears fan convention when they used to help they used to hold their fan convention every year at the hilton there on balboa before they decided to try to make it a revenue generator and going back to the uh, stadium and the guys and I used to go there and we would, we would bring in our own cooler of beer and uh, we would set it up in the bar area and we would just, we would, like we were checking into the hotel and we would go ahead and we would just throw our jackets over it. And we would just set up shop, maybe order an appetizer here or there. But I don't know if the, if the waitress didn't ever pick up on what was going on, but we had our own cooler of beer and uh, Flipka, we would sit there. Flipka can point out any bear. I mean, Flipka is a fanatical Bears fan. He knows all the whole history of the, of the Bears. I remember one time we're sitting there, and Ed Sprinkle comes through, and he's an he's an older gentleman in his wheelchair at that time. And Terry or Flipka just just points him <laughs> out and says, "That's the claw," and he screams "claw," and Spr- Sprinkle puts up his hand in a big claw motion, you know. So, yeah, uh, you know, great great old times at the. Uh, oh yeah, Hilton. perfect. Do you guys, do you guys remember those I, days? I look forward to that every year. I mean, that was a that was an occasion. You'd be down there the whole weekend with your buddies, like you said. You'd you'd camp out by the by the bar, um, see the players as they come in before they're tied to any of their actual you know contractual duties by the team to to go to the autograph booths or do anything like that. So you'd catch them before they even checked in and. And, um, you know, we sat and we talked to many players before they, before they checked in, you get, you get kind of their behind the scenes stories. Um, a couple of my favorites were, you know, Calvin Thomas, um, he was there with his wife and he's talking to <laughs> us and his, his wife was trying to pull him away so they could check in and he kind of shoot her off and, and kept talking to us for 15 or 20 minutes. Uh, you know, Ronnie Bull's another guy that was. Oh, just a lot of fun to talk to. Um, it was just a weekend that, that we look forward to. Um, I really wish they would go back to something like that because it really gives the Bears fans a weekend yeah. to come together and, and just, just have well, fun. Well, what's crazy is that all the other – like the Blackhawks do it, the Cubs do it, the, the White Sox do it. Like I'm not sure why the Bears have decided to go away from it. I mean, it's a huge success when the Bears did it. it was a huge, it's a huge success for the Blackhawks, for the Cubs – the White Sox, it gets everybody hyped up and jacked up for the upcoming season. It, it doesn't make any sense why it was taken away like that. They, they tried to go to the family night yeah. and and doing stuff like that, but it's just it's not the well, same. Well, what's funny is you can still do that family night thing. You can still have that game at, at Soldier Field and all that, but like, yeah. I'm not – I mean, that convention was like just a good time to kind of hang out, have a chance for, for kids and adults to get some autographs and, and just see the guys walking around. It's, it's a cool experience. Yeah, you know, it it's kind of ties into the Bears getting rid of Bourbon A, too. And, you know, just they, they do things anti-fan, and it's really kind of strange. 
Uh, that Ronnie Bull story, uh, Terry, I remember he, he talked about how I was throwing <laughs> around uh, nickels like manhole covers. And I believe he was telling, yeah, us, yep. telling us about the guys drinking beers at halftime or Jack and Cokes at halftime. You know, and he was looking around to make sure nobody else, was, no, no kids came into the uh, little inner circle to, to talk. And, and he was he was telling some great stories. One of our buddies, uh, I remember once following Ted Phillips into the bathroom to harass Ted Phillips. He's like, I, I'll get him when he's, he's taking a leak. He won't be able to move. That's great. Yep. <laughs> he he yeah, harassed our, Ted Phillips, sweaty Teddy. got his ass whooped by yeah. uh, Mike yeah. Hartenstein. I remember yep. that. Uh, we had we had another another yep. buddy, uh, the B train. Yeah. He was wearing spandex bear shorts, <laughs> and and was able to get Bobby Douglas to take a snap from him. Yeah, I mean those were those were the days. <laughs> yeah, I remember we, we would go down for the. Uh, they had like a cleat giveaway, like old cleats giveaway. We got the three point stances, and we. And we sprinted off, and like I think I, I flipped over and I, into the I still have knocked over a whole table of cleats of like the that. old blue like Under Armour tights that the Bears would wear underneath their pads on cold days. And they had a giant box of them laying around, and, and I'm not sure how, but I'm, I'm assuming I don't know. One of them happened to come home with me, and I still have them, and I will still wear them out when I'm snow blowing or things like that. So I'm not sure if I'm wearing like maybe I don't know Olin Cruz's blue spandex, but. Uh, I have some former Bears blue spandex that I wear uh, uh, when I go out in the cold. Well, I was able to buy a sweet uh, game-used jersey of number 65, like Evan part- Pilgrim, for 10 bucks. <laughs> that I still cherish. <laughs> Evan Pilgrim. Yeah, and, and, what, and one of the great things was to, was to sit there and just to see which one of the players or former players or yeah. You know, guys like Hubarkish yep. or whoever it may be would take a beer from us. We would try to give beers away yeah. to anybody. Yep. A lot of them would shoo them away, but once in a while, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, give me a beer. It was, and he cracked I, I had one I threw it across the room. Yeah. I think it was Otis Wilson. I threw oh, a beer yeah. across the room. Yep, yeah. So, great old days. Hopefully they bring something like that back. You know, remember the fans are what the Bears are all about here. The fans are what their Bears are about. So, you know, getting rid of the convention, getting rid of the um, – uh, training camp, yeah, for sure. You know, it's like let's let's uh, let's go back to the fans here a little bit. So, uh, yeah. So, all right. So let's go Bears four and one. Great opportunity to get go the Bears, five Bears. and one. And uh, we'll talk to you after the game.